You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is what the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay? And um, oftentimes we are thought with that as a description or definition of what faith is. And if you look at that statement, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, you and I know that in the ordinary language, if I hope for something, then it means the thing is not existing yet. Isn't it? Now, the second part says, it is the evidence of things not seen. Praise the Lord. So it is the evidence of something that is existing, but I've not seen it, isn't it? So how do I have an evidence of something that I've not seen? Okay, we know that it is because God has said it. And what God says is whether I've seen it or not. Praise the Lord. However, in the same Hebrews 11, if you go down to 27, you're going to see something. I want to establish as we go in this morning, you know, into the word of the Lord, that when the Bible says evidence of things not seen, it's simply saying not seen with physical eyes. So actually faith is about things seen, but not seen with physical eyes. Praise the Lord. Because in verse 27, we are told of Moses and the Bible says Moses by faith, the same faith now, the same thing we're trying to define in verse 1. It says by faith, what happened? He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Why? For he endured as seeing him who is what? Invisible. What does invisible mean? Invisible means cannot be seen. But he saw what cannot be seen. So faith is about seeing with what? Spiritual eyes. About seeing things that are not visible to the physical eyes. Now, interestingly, our lives are lived in the physical. Praise the Lord. So you're in church here, I'm here. And if you see me, I see you. Then we are present here. Okay? But what we want to begin to see and learn this morning is that there is much more to our world than what we see. Praise the Lord. And it's very simple. I thank God for the generation we live in because some of these spiritual things would have been extremely difficult to comprehend for the people that you know, lived maybe 80 years and 100 years before now. If you took your cell phone now and dialed somebody in this hall, his number would ring, wouldn't it? And you'll be able to speak to the person on the phone. Now, can you see, you say it has connected. Can you see the connection? But is there a connection? So there are things that exist, but they are invisible. Praise the Lord. So you say it's connected, but there is no cable. Many years ago, for any phone to be able to speak to any phone, there has to be wires from one to the other. Praise the Lord. Now, as spiritual people, what Hebrews 11 began to tell us is that the spiritual person is guided and led and controlled 
are moved by the things that are visible only to the spiritual eyes. Whereas the things which are physical now are left at a lower level. So we as spiritual people are not necessarily moved by the things we see. But we move by the things the Spirit of God reveals to us. That's why the Bible can say, let the weak say, I am what? Strong. Because that weakness is in the physical. But in the spiritual, there is strength. Let the poor say, I am what? I am rich. Because that lack or that inability or that um, lack of substance is also in the physical. Is what the physical eyes can testify. But however, in the place of God, in the place where you are seated above, you know, principalities and powers, you are rich beyond comprehension. So the poor can then say what? I am rich. Praise the Lord. Now, now, to understand these things well, so it's not, you know, it gets the foundation the way God wants it to be. We need to step back and see how God functions and how God works. Or better still, who God is. And just in case, you know, I'm I'm not able to touch it. Faith simply, genuine faith simply, is the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. It's the knowledge of God. Faith is the knowledge of God. When a man can be said to be a man of great faith, is a man that has come to an in-depth knowledge of God. He knows how God works. He knows who God is. And he knows how God works. Now, now, notice here, faith is the knowledge of God, not the knowledge about God. Very different. Very different. Praise the Lord. Completely different. In fact, they can't touch. Knowledge about God does not equate to knowledge of God. However, knowledge about God can lead to knowledge of God. How does it happen? When I know about something and then I engage it, I know of it. Praise the Lord, somebody. There are many, too many people who are content with the knowledge about God. And that's the level where they can say the things. They can confess the things. They can sing the things. They can tell the things. They can analyze the things. For those of us who, you know, may have uh, known about the daddy freeze man. You know, the man made some very accurate arguments at some point. You see, if you know about God, you can make arguments. But the same man is saying that Christians and Muslims worship the same God. You can see that this man knows about God, but he doesn't know God. Because if he knew Yahweh, if he knew the creator of the heavens and the earth, then he would know that he's not, and he cannot be anything like what those people worship. Praise the Lord. So knowledge about can create a semblance. It can, you know, listen to me. Every watch, my watch now, I tried to look at the time a few hours ago, and I was expecting to see maybe after six or something. And it's it's two, three. Now, if I wear this watch for the rest of the day, it will be accurate at some point. In fact, in a whole day, this wristwatch will be accurate twice. Now, because it's accurate twice in a day, does it mean it's working? No, it is stuck somewhere. The same thing, when people know about God, they might accidentally say things that are accurate. It doesn't make them accurate. Praise the Lord. If you had madmen in your village, those madmen sometimes say things that are true. Will you take counsel from them? Because they're mad. But they also from time to time 
Praise the Lord. Make accurate statements. What are we saying? So faith is the knowledge of God. And that is the problem, the challenge of our time. Hosea 4, 6. The Bible says people. In fact, God speaking. Says my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Let me rephrase that statement. God is saying the problem my children have is that they don't know. Now, thank God they didn't stop there. He went forward and says, because we have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests for me. But look at the last part. It says, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Can you give us a message? I like the way message put it. It said, because you refuse to recognize the revelation of God. You see, God is eager to make himself known. But we draw back. We step back from knowing him. And in not knowing God, we cost ourselves a lot. Brother, sister, any problem, any challenge, any issue that is bothering me, that is weighing me down, the root cause of it is that I do not comprehend the revelation of God concerning that situation. Praise the Lord. He said, my people, any destructive factor, any destructive force is as a result of what? Lack of knowledge. Praise the Lord. How many of us remember when, when Jesus you know, came down from the Mount, you know, the Mount of Transfiguration and he met the disciples trying to cast out, you know, the demon, you know, the demon-possessed boy. And they couldn't. And um, the father of the boy came to Jesus and pleaded with him. And Jesus, you know, cast the demons or the devil out. And the boy was okay. When Jesus got back home, the disciples went to him. And they inquired, ah, we used to cast out other demons. How come, master, we could not cast this one out? You would imagine that at that point, Jesus would have started telling them how much more powerful this demon was. Or for how long this affliction had been. You know, the father said, try, because this is a difficult one. The father said, try and see if you can cast this devil out. Because from when this boy was a child, this problem had existed. Now, Jesus immediately set the record straight. He said to them, the only reason you could not cast this particular demon out or this devil out had nothing to do with the devil. He said, but for what? Your unbelief. What is belief? Belief is a product of the knowledge of God. The more I know about something or the more I know of something, the more I can what? Have confidence in it. As I just said this, I remember growing up. Growing up, you know, we rode bicycles on the streets. You know, now children only ride bicycles in the compound. Growing up, we rode bicycles on the streets. And there were people, I remember some, you know, a bit older, who could ride bicycles from where in Jahina. There are people who could ride bicycles from here to the airport. That's, they had mastered it. You see, some of us could only ride on the side of the road. These people would ride with traffic. That's right in the middle of vehicles, you know. A vehicle is in front, another one is in front there. They could ride, they had mastered it. Okay? Now, the extent to which you benefit from anything, whatever it is, is proportionate to the knowledge of that thing you have. 
And that knowledge cannot come just by hearing. It has to come by hearing and putting it to practice. Praise the Lord somebody. So Jesus was saying to the disciples, you could not cast this demon out because you had not taken God seriously enough. What does it mean to take something seriously? It means to apply it. That's simple. If I told you now that, you know, after service we have a reception in the back here and there's food enough for everybody here. Now, if you really wanted to eat and you took me seriously, where will you go after service? You go there. But if you don't take me seriously, say this man has come with what? His jokes again. And then you go. So when Jesus said you have not or you are not able to cast out this devil because of your unbelief, he was saying something to them. You don't hear me and you don't grasp what I say to you with both arms. That's why you fail. Now, Jose is saying to us the same thing. Every, la- every loss I experience is proportionate to my knowledge. He said, because you don't know me. Now, what is this thing about God that we need to know? Or, I mean, we can never finish knowing of him, you know, about him and of him. Okay? About least to off. In Genesis, I want us to see something there. Come with me to Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, I want us to see something about God. The Bible says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now look at verse 8. Then God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Go down. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the side, good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What I want us to pick here is that every time God deals with man, God prepares a place for man and puts man in there. Praise the Lord. Every transaction, every dealing God has with you and I is a dealing that on his side he has finished. Praise God. We need to slow down here. I'm saying that from scripture, from my little knowledge of God and from what I'm seeing here, when the Bible says faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen, it's not saying we conjure things. It's saying when my faith is accurate, I will see what God has already done. Just like the man in the Garden of Eden, God took this man and put in a garden that he was planted. The garden was ready and God brought the man in there. Everything God does with us is a process of trying to get you and I to come into what he has done. Now remember, God is eternal. Praise the Lord. God, you see, God dwells in a place where he cannot know. You see, God cannot be informed. God cannot really, in a sense, go. You see, he is in a place of permanent, oh Lord, I need help. Permanent finito. No, no, no. That's, he's in a place, you see, God can't build a house. His house is built there. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You see, no, no, he has finished. He's so potent that there is no process of. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. The Lord will help us. Okay, let's try from another angle. We will see. Hebrews 4. Come with me to Hebrews 4. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 1. Holy Spirit, we, we need you to help us. Hebrews 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. God has finished his works. Praise the Lord. God has finished his work. Now you and I may be entering in. You and I may be moving forward. But as far as it concerns God, he has finished. Now, the faith side of it is now, you wake up every morning. And you know that whatever it is that you're trying to get God to do for you, God has what? Done it already. Praise the Lord. God has done it. He finished his works. When? The foundation of the world. He's been resting in a sense also. Why? Because God is not going to put things together and make a new thing. No. He has already done anything that there will be. John 14 verse 1, 2, 3. Our Lord Jesus Christ began to speak to the disciples, you know, just to carry them along. He said to them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, what? See that believe in God, there, noting. He said, go to verse 2. He says, in my father's house are what? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Look at verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what will happen? I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there, you may also be. Now, note what is happening here. Maybe this might help us. God, faith, believes that God has prepared everything for me. Praise the Lord. God has prepared everything that is necessary. He says he has given to us all that pertains to life and what? Godliness. It is settled. Now, but Jesus, our Lord Jesus says there. He says when the preparation is done... There's still something that needs to be done. He says, I will come and what? Take you to myself. Now, Hebrews 4 is saying something here. He says, that place, that thing God has prepared, there's an entering into. One of the key words you must take from coming to church today is the word enter. Are you with me? There is an entry. It's very important to get. There's an entry. You see, God has finished. In the Garden of Eden, God finished and he put man... And he said to man, now I put you inside to remain in this place and enjoy it forever. This is the way you would do it. Isn't that what happened? Now, now, now. At the time man began to dwell outside of the garden, was the garden destroyed? Was the garden, did the garden become barren? Was it filled with weed? So the garden was still existing, but man could no longer what? Remember when man was taken at the Bible says there were cherubims that were put at the entrance to what? To prevent man from entering. The thing I want to shift in your head this morning, one of the things, is that there is nothing difficult for God. Not because he can't do it, because he has already done it. 
Are you getting it? No, Adam and Eve could not get back into the garden, not because the garden was not existing. It was because the terms of dwelling, of inhabiting this garden, what had happened? They had broken it and they were now being prevented. You see, when people talk about works, you know, in Christianity, I think this is what they were trying to say, that the Christian can never work to build something. But now in Hebrews 4, we are told something here. There's a rest that has been prepared for people of God. But there's an entering into that rest. Two different things. There's an entry. In fact, every part of scripture you take, let's take John 3, 16. How is a man saved? By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Now the Bible says, for God would so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. So before ever I sinned, God had already what? Made provision for my salvation. But now that provision that was made for my salvation, you see, when I hear the gospel, I'm told God has made provision for my salvation. At that point, I have to enter. Praise the Lord. I have to enter into the provision. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. You see, believing that word there, whosoever believes, becomes the critical factor. You know, as I was preparing this, something dropped in my head. I don't, I, I don't want to say the spirit of the Lord. But do you know that in a sense, we can say, I mean, that for anybody who is in hell, who goes to hell, it's as though Jesus' mission failed in him. You know why? Jesus had paid, that person has provision in heaven. Now, in the same sense, we can also say, anybody who makes it to heaven, he didn't really do anything. You know why? It's also Jesus that made the provision. Are you getting what I'm saying? I want you to see what is happening there. Now, the life of the Christian then, that faith we are called to work in, to have, is a life that sees what God has done, and that seeing propels the steps I take now. I don't imagine, you know, there's a few, you know, ramblings here about um, Mr. West, Mr. Um, Kanayo West. How many of us know? Uh, I don't know, that's his name, Kanayo West. Mm. People are thinking, is he serious? Is he that? It's because people don't, that's the, no, 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 let, let me tell you why people are thinking that. It's because they don't know God. You see, hallelujah. Buhari today, if they opened Buhari's eyes and he saw heaven, and they opened his eyes and he saw hell, and he saw one person in hell, and saw the other person in, in heaven, he'll make a broadcast to you today, today. I get it what I'm saying. What am I trying to say? The life of faith of the believer is a people who sin and move beyond measure by what they see. That's the life of faith. We see and then we, we count nothing else. Nothing else matters because of what we have seen. So faith is the substance of things hopeful. That, that's why people of faith can say, I don't even know what to do, whether to remain or to go. They're not talking about going for lunch. They're talking about whether to remain in Jerusalem or, you know, Philippi or whatever. Or to die, they will die. Do you understand? You know why? They've seen, they know there is heaven. Praise the Lord. Let, let, let me help you. Let, let me help. Let me bring it home. 
You see, from time to time, I don't want to say every day, but I talk to God and I say, okay, assuming that we're going to die today, you know, is there anything that is there any outstanding? Now, the way some of you are looking at me, you know what? I'm so sure heaven is. Praise the Lord. I'm so sure there is heaven that it doesn't bring negotiation. What I'm looking at is, will I go there with full package? Paul says, henceforth there is what? A crown reserved for me. Not only for me. Do you understand? You see, Christians that don't see and comprehend the existing things. The devil can play tricks with you. He can sway you. So talking about, can I please let me finish for those who are confused. Talking about Mr. West. That man, the reason people are imagining he can't be serious is that he has money. He has fame. Abby? He has money. He has fame. Then you think because somebody has, how much could he have? Even if he owned the whole of California, which is richer than the whole of Africa. Eh? Even if he owned the whole of, you know, uh, California. Do you know all of that? If he sees just one street in heaven. You see, Christians don't know what this thing is about. So you see a big man. He says he's a big man. Can he be born again? Every man, every human being is poor without salvation. But because we count wealth more than what it is, and the reason we count it more than what it is, is because we have not seen what we have. We saw in Ephesians, we are told, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me help you understand the comparison of this, some of these blessings. It's like when, God forbid now, okay, no, let me not look in anybody's direction. A man is driving an S-class and right before him is this um, tattered boy, okay, and stopped before him. And this wretched-looking, haggard-looking two men are addressing the uh, men in the S-class. And the ragged, wretched-looking men have guns. The men in the S-class, they say, come on, get out of the way. All of a sudden, you see that there are powers and there are powers. You see, the power of the money and S-class, you start saying, sir, sir. The person is calling size 21 years. The person that is calling is 50-something. He says, sir, please, sir, can we? That's why every arm robber is huge. Have you heard people describe arm robbers? They say they are huge like this. They are not huge. It's just that they were armed. You see, in life, everything has weight. So that somebody has something on this earth, and you're thinking to raise him higher than what he might. It's because you've not seen spiritual power. You don't comprehend who you are. You've not seen what God is about. Is someone getting what I'm saying? You see, these are the things that inform faith. These are the things that will make you look at a man and say to him, Sir, sir, my kingdom is not of this world. And say to him, you would not have power over me unless it had been given to you from above. That's what will make you turn back. That's what will make you not fear. That's what will make you not panic. That's what will make you not shake. That's what, what will make you forgive. That's also what will make you also be patient. You see, it affects everything. But you have to have faith. The Bible says Moses did not fear the wrath of Pharaoh. You see, Pharaoh was God. 
He was God to the people in Egypt. That's how they took him. Let me help you. You know, today's time now is the King Jong-un. We talked about King Jong-un on Wednesday. Okay? Now, King Jong-un had an uncle. Okay? Had an uncle who did not clap. For those who were in church on Wednesday, they'll remember. You know, we're talking about the clapping. Maybe I should have told us here today so that we can clap better. Anyway, so King Jong-un had an uncle. And they had noticed that this man, when others were clapping, he was not clapping as aggressively. You know the way he killed him? They, you know, put up charges, accused him of whatever against the state. You know the way they killed him? They set him, you know, firing squad. You know, in Nigeria, firing squad, people shoot. Anti-aircraft machine gun. You know, those ones that have about um, eight, eight, um, is it nozzles or what, what, what's that thing they have? Eight whatever. Eh? Okay, can, whatever. Eight of them facing one man. They said by the time they opened fire, after about five, ten minutes, there was no piece of him. There's, there's nothing, you, no trace. That's the type of power such people have. But you see, Moses, the Bible said, because he could see the one who was invisible, did not fear the wrath of Pharaoh. Listen to me. When the Christian sees God, fear of man will disappear. Fear of man will disappear. Somebody say, Lord, open my eyes. I want to... You see, Christian, every day we come to church, it's a journey to know him. It's a journey to know him. When you know the future, you see people, you know, backsliding because, you know, something, some blessing came their way or some trials, you know, came their way. It's because they've not seen the future. You know, I'm amazed at the resilience of man. People will go and um, a few years ago, we saw what happened at the Chile mine. You know, and people will dig thousands of meters into the earth just to bring out iron ore or to bring out coal or to bring out something that when they sell, they will make money. Look at that endurance. I get what I'm saying. Because they know that this thing will bring some profit later. The reason many Christians struggle is that they can't see that God is a rewarder. And faith, in the same Hebrews 11 says, without faith it's impossible to please him. Let's, you know, jump down. It says, for he that comes to God, this God, let's take it. He that comes to God, every Christian has come to God, isn't it? It said, when you come to God, it's interesting. How can I come to God without already believing he is? But it says he that comes to God must. It means I can come and not believe. I can try. I can say that's where people are going now. Praise the Lord. I can say that's what, that's the in thing now. You have to claim something. That's what people should be worried about, about uh, Kanye West. Not whether he's genuinely born again, but those who are following whether they'll have a real encounter or whether they're just a fan of another new star. That's a worry. It shouldn't be him. Praise the Lord. It shouldn't be him. Any man with ordinary toothache, serious toothache, eh, and knows that the name of Jesus okay, will confess everything. So what are we talking? Praise the Lord. So he that comes to God must believe that he is. Must means I can come without believing. I can come to try. And that's why Jesus, our Lord Jesus said, better decide what you want to do. If you want to be cold, be cold. If you want to be hot, be hot. 
Make up your mind. Make up your mind. You know, we read the Bible, there are some things that are very clear. God says of himself, he says, you shall find me when you have sought for me with all your heart. Now, it shouldn't be difficult, sir. Because if I gave you a check, or I gave you my ATM card to go and take money for yourself, if you go to one ATM, it's not working. You won't come back to me. You won't come back to me, will you? But maybe if I sent you to get that money for me, the first one that is not working, come and drop it because I have important things to do. Take your ATM card. But if the money was for you, let's even say the money was take, you know, 90000 bring 10000 for me. You will seek until you find, if it's, you'll call the bank. Is that GTB? Please, your ATM at social point is not what. Can you send somebody? That is what God is saying. When you know me, when you know what it means to come close to me, when you know who I am, you will seek me diligently. When you don't seek me diligently, it's because you don't know me. And those who don't know me are not worthy of me. Praise the Lord. So faith is a journey. Life of the Christian is a journey of knowing God. And why we know God is so that we, the journey can even be sweeter. So it says, must believe that he is, that he is, that God is. And then look at the other part. And that he is what? A rewarder. The word reward makes the difference. Do you know that your office where you work, they're not rewarders. It's a contract. They're not rewarders. It's a bit close, but they're not rewarders. You see, a reward is deeper than salary. They might promote you is on merit. They might promote you when they see things. But you also have worked in offices where some very smart people don't work and get the promotion. And where some people work and don't get the promotion. But you see, reward has a connection where it removes everything that shouldn't be. Some of us are in church here and because you're doing things the way you should do, the office is not taking care of you. You're not getting the commensurate, you know, response from your office. As long as it is God you're doing it unto. This morning, I want to tell you, God is what? A rewarder. In other words, let me tell you what I'm trying to say. In other words, there is no labor unto God that is forgotten. There is no labor unto God that is bypassed. It's impossible with men, yes. And the same way in the human system, when things are put in the bank consciously, they earn interest, Abby. The same way when you work unto God before God as a Christian and endure things, when God is going to pay you, it will not be exactly the same proportion. There is going to be compound heavenly interest. That's why you read the scriptures. You see men like Mordecai. Mordecai had labored and there was nothing. Men like, um, what's his name? Haman. Where get, you know, the, the Bible says when you read that Esther story, it's interesting. We were not told any good thing Haman did. It's possible Haman was a crafty person. The type of people that could access men in power. I know there are people that are like that, professional. Tell them the type of things they hear and just get into their good books. So Haman was succeeding with his schemings and was being promoted. But Mordecai was laboring for the good of the kingdom. And everything he was doing, there was nothing coming at all. But he continued doing what he was doing. You know why? Because God is what? A rewarder. 
On the day came when they were going to cut short. Now, Old Testament, when you read, let me help you. When you read stories in the Old Testament, they give us the full picture because it was old. But in the New Testament, we don't get the full picture because the New Testament has continued. It hasn't ended. It's when Jesus comes, that's when we're going to see the full story. So anyway, for Mordecai, he was going to be killed by Haman. And if they let him be killed by Haman, then it will be that God did not what? Reward him. That's why that very night, is someone hearing what I'm saying? That very night, the king had to take urgent steps to see to it that Mordecai was rewarded unless that word will be false. But the word of God, the Bible says, let God be true and what? Every man a liar. A single sister, you're keeping yourself the way you should. And your friends are just getting married. They're married Jimmy, they're married Johnny. Don't worry. God is a rewarder. Every act of obedience unto God, he sees. Every honor you give to God, he takes note of it. Listen, God is omniscient. The other day, I can't remember, I was searching for some things on the phone. I was trying to, you know, look at a few, some product I was trying to buy. I was searching for it on my phone, you know, for a period. And the next thing, they started sending the advice to my wife's phone. It means Google knows my wife. Now, if the world system, no, but they, you know they also listen to you. How many of us know? They listen to you. They, they do all kinds of things. You know, and, and then they just, they started popping adverts on my wife's phone. So these people will know my wife. And in case this man has backsliding, let them follow up with her letter. So she'll say, and say ah, Pastor, see this one. Say, what's happening here? All of a sudden, they have, you know, connected. What am I trying to say? If the world can know, the creator of the heavens and the earth surely knows. Surely knows. The labor of the righteous is never wasted. They can put sand on it. Somebody can tear off the last page. You know that happens. Many civil servants. I hope if you're a civil servant here, don't be part of it in your office. Because you'll tear off leprosy onto yourself. Don't do that. Someone prepares a project and brings to your office. And you will just sit down and remove the first page. And change all the addresses. How many have experienced it here? And the next thing, see your project happen. Let them do. They don't know better. But I tell you, Jehovah God says he is what? A rewarder. Now, this reward we are talking about, part of knowing him, is that times will pass and it will seem as if you are forgotten. Seasons will go and it will seem as if God has left you. And like we learned last Sunday, the devil is active in our world. You know, it's one thing to be in an exam. And you don't know what to write. You're confused. And then somebody by your side is writing and asking for more answer scripts. And say, so easy. So easy. Papers, you've not finished. They gave you four sheets. You've not finished one. Somebody's asking for a second paper. And say, <laughs> you see, it will throw you up. The devil is wicked. He will bring all kinds of... That's why in your moment of trial, you will remember all those that succeeded in that area. You know why he's doing that? He's trying to tell you, don't worry. Just give up. It will never work. It's not your portion. Why do you think God will answer? Forget it. It's not for people like you. You're from here. You're not from there. All of that. But when you know what we're learning today... You know that the future God has for you is only future to you. It's not future to God. Is somebody getting what I'm trying to say today? God is 
Almighty. God, in fact, God, God is so big that his promises are, you know, they're, they're step down. Because if we were in the spirit, he wouldn't even need to promise because we'll see it. It will be clear to us. God said to Abraham, or rather Abraham said to God, what shall you give me seeing that I go childless? What is going to happen? Genesis 15 verse 1, we can open to it. And the Lord said to, to Abraham, he says to him, do not be afraid, Abraham. Why? He says, I am what? Your shield, your exceedingly great reward. He said to Abraham, I've got you covered. That's what he said. He said, I've got you covered. I have you covered. Can we see that place in Amplify, please? In Amplify. He said, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield. Your abundant compensation. I say to somebody here, do not be afraid. Jehovah is saying to tell you, I am your word. Shield and your word. Abundant compensation. You know, when I started going to the U.S. newly, all these stories I'm telling you about myself, you have to tell me your own too. When I started going to, it's, it's even plenty, I'll start from back. The first time I went to Lagos with my car, you know, as I just finished school, I drove my Volkswagen Beetles to Lagos. And as I was driving, when I'm driving on the road, I'll be wishing that one big man would just, because the car had, you know, it was, um, it was uh, in need of retirement. So I'll just be wishing that, you know, one big car, one Mercedes would just hit me. Then I'll just come down and say, today, today. I was not born again. <laughs> Today, today, you have to fix, you know, repair this car. Do you know who hit me? Mo Lue. <laughs> they answered me with Mo Lue. Mo Lue hit me. Where is Mo Lue driver to fix your car? Mo Lue hit me. Anyway, so when I started going to the U.S., I've heard of all these cases, you know, where you fall in a shop and then you say you can't walk again. Compensation, $1 million. So anytime I go somewhere, I'm looking for a slippery place to see whether I will fall. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that has that kind of sense, Abby. Anyway, when they say your abundant compensation, let me tell you what it is. The Apostle Paul says, these light afflictions, they work for you a far heavier weight of... When you know God is your abundant compensation, when affliction comes and you remember that God will look at this affliction and respond to you, then you know that the devil cannot put you down. He can't discourage you. He can't make you faint. Rather, what will you do? You will glory in tribulation because you know that God has noted that one. This happened to him. So I owe him that. I will reward him with that. I will compensate him with that. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? If I could expect American government, American insurance to pay me for falling. And I was looking forward to falling. I'm telling you the truth. I was looking forward. Let me fall somewhere. Lisa, listen you here. Somebody just won 10 million. But the Bible says God is your abundant that's why the Bible will say, why go to court against your brother? That's why our Lord Jesus Christ will say, if they slap you. You see, the whole scripture is tied. If they slap you on the right, turn the left. Why will he say that? He will compensate you. The reason we slap back is because we don't want to wait. To... Are you getting what I'm saying? The reason we hurt back is because we don't believe. But he that comes to God, 
So you see in a marital situation, the Bible says to the man, it says, husband, do what? Love your wives as Christ loved the church. And the man looks at the wife, but he also knows the Bible. He reads the other part. Wives do what? Submit to your husbands as unto. He say yes, I'm your God. That's what the Bible says. Submit to me. You know? And that argument rises. And everybody is trying to see who he will compel to do his own. But when you see that God is your compensation, you will be in a competition to see that you outdo your partner. Because you know that as you do it obeying God, God will do what? Compare. It's revelation. It's revelation. You know, many years ago, I taught in a marriage conference in just, and one woman said, this thing you're saying, you don't know my husband. I said, but madam, at least I know the word of God. My husband, he cannot work for him. Ah, if I'm nice to him, then he will get worse. But you see, I am what? Your abundant compensation. I'm the one who will compensate. Not him, not anybody, not your office. Not the environment, not your business partner. I am the one who I'm watching. I am God. It says I'm your shield means I cover you. I will not allow you tempted beyond what you can bear. Then I will compensate and then I'm your exceedingly what? Great reward. But these things, hearing it is not enough. You have to express it small, small. You have to leave church today and try one. And you see that God showed up. This thing is working on. You try another one, you see this is working. Then you begin to come into where we started, that faith is knowledge of God. Faith is not, Christians are people who know God. Listen to me, you know, sometimes I've been in stages, I've been, you know, I'm still very young, but I've been in ministry, normally about this time, what I would have been doing, you know, my birthday's gone, I would have entered into a prolonged fast, you know, and about this time, you know what I'll be doing? I'll be trying to solve everybody's problem by laying hands. I'll be trying to just minister. Now, those who are having um, near success syndrome, come. Those who are this. Now, that's a level. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But they say my people are destroyed. Not for lack of pastor laying on their hands on them. My people are destroyed. Not because there's nobody blowing on them. My people are destroyed. You see, because the Spirit of God said, the idea of that is that you want to make God do what he has already done. It's a mentality that thinks that we have to break through God to get his blessing. So church, let's prepare. Let us go. Let us break into heavens and take our blessing. But God is saying, tell them, I have finished the blessing and it is my good pleasure to release it to them. So come and teach them how to receive what I have done. How to receive it. How to receive it. How to position themselves. He said, Jesus said, I have gone to prepare a place for you. In that same scripture, John 14, verse 6, 9, it says, I am the way. So, you want to know how to get to what I prepared for you. He said, I am the way. On Wednesday, we started looking at what the Apostle Paul was talking about, where he said, my little children, of whom I travel in birth banks, until what? Christ. Listen to me. As Christ is formed in you, Everything God has done for you, you begin to see it more. My little children, of whom I travel in Bethlehem, until Christ be formed in them. He said to us, the word of God we looked at on Wednesday said to us, He says, as long as the heir is a child, 
He does not differ at all. At all from a slave. At all. At all. So your the heir is your father's money. Is your father's house. Everything belongs to you, and your, to you and the father. But as long as you're a child, he says you're a slave. No different. Though he's master of all. So what is this saying to us? The inheritance is prepared, but the children are not coming to sonship. Look at our country. What is happening in our country now? It's not the Muslims. It's not Fulani agenda. It's not caliphate. It's none of those things. Give me an example of one Christian that has made you proud in government. Give me one in civil service, in any area. Show me one. It's not about them. The, the devil, listen, the devil is like, let, let, praise the Lord. You see, the power of the devil against Christians is like the power of darkness against light. If you get to a place that is black, dark, that's black, dark, black, dark, dark, dark. If you light one single match, does the darkness put it off? It doesn't. It doesn't. It cannot. It's impossible. Someone, I think I don't know, I mentioned it. Someone was talking to me that, you know, he, he feels, you know, he doesn't even want to come to church. He's feeling like a hypocrite because where he walks, pastors everywhere doing all kinds of deals. I said, Pastor, somebody is answering, Pastor, is it not a word? Did Daniel answer pastor? Did Joseph answer pastor? Did Joseph even have pastor? These are things that are written for us. Somebody say, my pastor is here. Yes, sir, I'm here. You're on your own. Joseph had no pastor. Daniel had no pastor. They stood out. Even David himself didn't have pastor. His father said, your destiny is shepherd. When they came to look for kings, they didn't call him. Is someone hearing the word of the Lord? When they came to anoint king, their father said, you will be smelling, don't come. Make, take care of the sheep. When he came to the battle to fight, the day he was going to kill Goliath, his brother looked at him and said, what are you doing here? When warriors are standing, you came. My friend, go back home, now wash plate. Somebody said, nobody's encouraging me. That's why I'm not becoming water. Listen to me, it's the devil that is deceiving you. As a very young Christian, the first encounter, you know, I tell you my pastor, my pastor, Pastor Tony, my pastor, the first encounter, first time he spoke to me was accusing me wrongly. I was praising God the best I could. Then the man stopped praising and worship. Say, you there, why are you not praising God? I thought it must be my neighbor because I was praising God. Then he described me wearing white shirt with glasses. I said, oh, you, Oh, are you? Emiaki? You know? I'm, I was this surprised. But you see, that was my first encounter. But you know what? I could have gotten offended like many people. But that was the man God sent to use to direct my steps. You know, I don't understand what we're doing in Christianity today. He said, I'm leaving the church. It was my birthday. The pastor, Nami born you. I, 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 nobody visited me. There's no love. Where is the, which love did Joseph have? I mean, what are you talking about? What are you talking, who loved Peter? Who loved James? Who, who loved them? Listen to me. When you see what is prepared for you, even your mother says, don't go. You say, mama, wait, I'm going somewhere. It's because of nothing. So everything we're doing, let me tell you, the, the problem is that the, today's Christian can't see. 
the spiritual. So everything we're doing, we're looking around us. When you want to go for a service, you say, how many people? If somebody goes for a service and comes, you say, the service was powerful. How? The hall was full. It's evidence you didn't see God. Because if you come to a meeting and see God, you won't know how many people came. They introduce pastors and say, pastor, he pastors one million. Maybe it's bad belly that I have, you know. They introduce pastors and say, he pastors 50,000 congregations. I say, has that become a title? Has that become a title? Do you understand what we're saying? No, now. No. Every time you read the scriptures, the larger army always lost to the fewer army. Because God is able to save by many or by few. I was telling my wife the other day, I was praying because I'm concerned about the empty seats. Don't get me wrong. I want this seats to be filled up. But I was praying about, you know, the church growth. And the Lord asked me a question. He said, which nation would you rather be in the Middle East? You know the population of Iraq? All of them together versus Israel. Which one would you rather be? Or you want to be India? India versus Israel. Which one do you want to be? Eh? Do you know how many there? Their land mass is less than Anambra State. Do you understand what we're saying? You see, I mean, I mean, what are you talking about? Another time he said to me, he said, please stop disturbing me. I'm telling you, stop disturbing me about, you know, this, or rather not disturbing, stop disturbing yourself. He said, your job should be to fill the people, the few people you have with God, not to fill the seats with men. Say your job is to fill those who you see with God. That's why you're hearing the things you're hearing. That's why I'm not blowing on you. I want you to be full of God. Because one full of God will transform this nation. Faith is the substance of things of evidence. The Christian has seen it. So I've seen my victory. That's the way you walk. So if the world says they're keeping from you, you're laughing at them. Because they can't keep you. I was reading the account of the stoning of Stephen. And the Bible said, you know, I love the scriptures. How many of us love to read our Bible here? Better go and love reading your Bible. I was reading it because it's not, it's not somebody, you know, I have a friend who said to me, oh, no, I've read the Bible cover to cover. That's not what we're talking about. Because the Bible, one word will mean 10 different things in 10 different days. And so I was reading that account of the stoning of Stephen. And the first thing the Bible says of Stephen is that when they rushed him, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. After that, you know what he was saying? They started stoning him. He said, Lord, receive my spirit. If you see, you will be ready to go. If he didn't see, he'll be saying, now there's nothing wrong with that because your assignment may not have finished. I'm not trying to say you should go and die. I'm saying die to the flesh so that the life of the Son of God in you will manifest. Is someone hearing me? Praise the Lord. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He has seen heaven. And the next thing was the one that wowed me. He said, please do not charge this sin against them. Some of us, you're in church here. You still want vengeance on somebody. You have not seen heaven. God, you must punish this person for my sin. You've not seen heaven. Let me tell you, ordinary Canadians immigrant visa. The day you win it, all this Yankra, is that Ankara Akara? Ankara? All this Ankara? Uh, uh, whatever. The day you win it, and you know that by December 17th, you're relocating to Canada. That your port that you're saying is, uh, was, what was this, tower. You call your neighbor, take. <laughs> you Ankara, you say what? Take. You know why? You're going somewhere. 
The reason we are fighting for some things is that we have not seen where they are taking us to. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. I want you to ask the Lord, open my eyes. I want to see the invisible. I want to see the invisible. I want to see the future. Somebody came, you're depressed, you're not married. Do you know the love of Jesus? Do you know the love of Jesus? Do you know who loves you? Do you know the one that is looking for the day he will embrace you? And a man like me, a man that snores, a man that pulls, will be making you want to miss your appointment with Jesus. Is somebody with sense here, you need to rejoice. You need to celebrate. As the Lord opened my eyes to the things that you have finished already. Listen, God has finished things concerning you. He has a place of glory. God is not looking at you wondering, will I make glory? No. He said, for you, I have prepared a glorious future. He says, I know the thoughts. I know the plans that I have towards you. He said that of good to bring you to an expected end. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, concerning my finances, concerning my children, every area that the enemy has brought worry and distress to you this morning, I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to, I, I, I want to get out of sight and get into faith. I want you to pray for yourself. This is not a time to look at somebody. As Close your eyes and let the eyes of your spirit be open. Let me see the future that you have for me. Let me see the plans that you have for me. It's a beautiful one, sir. It's a marvelous one, sister. It's a glorious one. The love is unending. It is sweet. When you read the Song of Solomon, you begin to see where the scriptures try to describe the love, the, uh, the human expression of the love of Christ for his church, for the body. Nobody has any reason to sorrow. Nobody has any reason to be downcast. With this God that we have, with this Jehovah that we serve, with this mighty God who has finished the work, who has prepared the table, who has said things right, and he's just eager that the sons may come in, that the children may come in, that his creation may come in, that they may lift up their eyes and see what their father had prepared for them. I want you to ask the Lord. The devil is a liar. The Bible says, don't be anxious for anything. Why should you be anxious? It says, our planet is a prepared plan. I've settled the future. I've worked it out. I'm not going to make it. It's already existing. All you need to do is hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's why the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord. Those who wait. Tell yourself, I will wait. I will wait, I will wait, I will wait on the Lord. It's getting tiring, it's getting weary, but I will wait. Why? Because I know God is not cooking the food. The food is ready. The food is ready. My peace is there. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. The peace is there. The joy is there. The righteousness is there. You just need to reach out and hold it. Reach out and claim it. By faith, see it. Ask the Lord, take me higher. Mato, take me higher. Lift me, Lord. Ask the Lord, take me. Take me to the place. Where I can see, where I can understand, where I can comprehend. Take me higher, Lord. Open my eyes. 
Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. They said, Moses, he saw the invisible. Let me see. I see his existing. My peace in you. My place in you. Do you know the Bible says you didn't choose him? Anybody under the sound of my voice here, let me announce to you, it was not your idea that you'll be here. Jehovah chose you. Jesus chose you. And when he chose you, he ordained you. He ordained you to a future, to a beautiful future. He has a place for you. He said there is a new name I have for you that you don't even yet know. It's reserved for you. I have a path that you're going to travel. I have plans for you. I've committed myself to you. I'm not about to do. I have done already. What I came here to learn is, Lord, how do I enter into that rest? Malo sakale keribaba. Zinde keribanun. Masotale. As you pray, I need somebody to begin to tell the devil, get deep behind me. Get out of my voice. Stop speaking to me. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Most High. I'm a daughter of the King. I'm the beloved of the Lord. Listen, I, I, I don't need anybody. I appreciate everybody. But Jehovah loves me. He loves me. I can tell. I can tell. I hear his voice saying to me that I am his own. I can hear him. I heard him this morning. During the praise, I heard him. I heard him say to me, you are my child. I heard him say to me, you are my own. I heard him say to me, I love you. Malo I don't need circumstances to validate the love of God. Because he's gone ahead. He's gone ahead. He's done it already. I thank you, my Lord. I thank you, my King. I bless you. 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 Lord, I bless you. I bless you. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my King. We worship you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.